0: you when you think of like loyal chicago basketball especially final four i think there's there's if you're not talking about players you're thinking Porter moser and sister jean i mean like those are the two i <laughs> would have to talk about sister jean because she's so <laughs> yeah. important uh, we'll get to it we'll
1: get to it yeah but
0: there. like you know it's porter cameron Cartwig, sister jean and and i think those three are just like inevitably going to be um locked in people's memories forever yep.
2: and yeah and andy Gryffindor scarves
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. <sure>. oh yeah
3: <laughs>
1: These are the tales of college basketball past as you've never heard them before. Our guests tell stories blending team seasons, on and off-court moments, memories of personal fandom catastrophe and elation, and yes, alcohol. I'm Jeremy. I'm Matt. And I'm Pat. We do the work, you tell the story. These are the College Basketball Stories.
4: I'm Andrew, I'm Thomas, and we're going to tell you the story of the 2017 2018 Loyola Ramblers.
0: I think uh, a lot of you probably all know, but uh, the Loyola Chicago Ramblers went to the final four uh, during the 2017 2018 season, um, but there's a lot of stuff to talk about before that. Um, we're super excited to be on the podcast with these guys. Um, it's super cool when we got the, the message and we wanted to do it right away um, because there's so much to talk about. Um, Early that season, uh, we came in and it was um, there. There were some people that were talking about us. Finally, we we had been a bottom seller team for the past few years in the Missouri Valley Conference, moving from the Horizon League just a few years before that. Um, and finally, there was a little bit of buzz. We had some transfers. We had uh, some upperclassmen. It was an exciting time. Um, but even before that, there's one guy in particular I wanted to mention. Uh, his name is Milton Doyle. Um, so Milt is a Chicago kid. He originally went to Kansas uh, and then he transferred from Kansas to Loyola. Um, and if you look up some of the record books, like you'll see his name uh, for points, rebounds, assists, steals, stuff like that at Loyola. I mean, he doesn't hold all those records, but he's top 10 in a lot of different categories. Um and he was kind of the first kid we got who um who changed the course of, of the program. Um he gave us an edge, he gave us some athleticism that we just like never had before from that guard position. Um, and eventually we went on and, and won the CBI championship, which is uh, one of the other postseason championships in 2015. Um, and that was, I think, the first time any of these guys tasted success. And it's important because there are a few guys from that team that then went on to the final Four team, including Ben Richardson and Dante Ingram. So,
4: yeah, so beginning of the year pretty much is uh, the conference is not Wichita anymore. That's like the biggest talk. Uh, who's going to be the next switch to who's going to take over? Uh, we actually, oddly enough, and it was odd because we hadn't seen it in such a time. But Loyola had one vote in the preseason, uh, top one ranking, right? We were, I think, we were third in the preseason ranking for our conference, Missouri Valley. And the thing was, we were heavy senior, we were very a heavy senior team guys who had been at Loyola for a majority of their time or at least had a season under their belt. Guys like Dante Ingram, four years, Ben Richardson, four years, Andre Jackson, who you'll we'll definitely talk about, had a year under his belt. Coming back from six man of the year, so guys had uh, there. Um, and then the biggest one is even after losing Milt, you're 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 kind of worried. Oh, who's gonna be the kid to come in, or who's gonna be the guy to step up? And Porter Moser and team decided to recruit a kid who's taller than six six, and that's Cameron Crutwig and a six ten beast from the uh, suburbs of Chicago. Um, back then, I don't think anyone knew who he was, but the biggest thing was that he was six ten. Uh, Porter Moser had ever recruited too many great bigs. We went through quite quite the history of bigs. Um, from those Loyola fans listening, Julius Rajala, you had Maurice Kirby, you had some guys out there um that Cal Kennedy might even consider a big, but he was a walk-on great Cal. But we never had a big, true freshman big to even make any type of impact. So there was kind of that kind of question about well, what is this six ten big kid gonna do and who is he? Um, so there I think that's a name we'll talk about highly, again, especially after losing Milton Doyle, but uh the biggest thing is the questions were: did we find a replacement for Milt? Who would step up? And then what would this team be, a team that was preseason ranked third? So it's quite quite an interesting start to the season uh, right away.
2: But, uh, again, an interesting one to start talking about. I mean, he's just the common man basketball player, right? hes I mean, he's a big man, but he just looks like a – he just looks awesome. He's got the kind of balding look. He's got the, the dirt stash. He's incredible.
4: Yeah, I'll I'll say the one thing is that he grew into the stash. Uh, the stash came in his <laughs> later years, but the best part was um he, he everyone he, he had to
3: earn the stash. He mm-hmm. really
4: did, he really did. He wore he, it's, his stripes, you had to get your stripes. So the, the young Cameron Crowig was a kid, not only does a coach's son look, but he also is the guy you want to pick up at the YMCA because you know he'll put a few buckets up for you without even any pressure. So um he definitely he definitely matured into a different name. And a different calling he had for the team but definitely at, at first he was a little rugged I think he said my favorite quote is too many little late night Oreo snacking was uh, was quite a bit impression <laughs>
3: here hey we, we've all been there just one of us
0: one yeah, of us had, one yeah, of yeah. One. <laughs> Exactly. yeah, yeah so uh, cam obviously was like this this uh, he wasn't highly recruited like like Thomas said um but you know walking in the gym you're like okay like this kid is he's six ten he's big kid. Um, how does he fit with our offense? Um, because before that we had, we've had a lot of like, like Thomas said, like guards, shooters, um, not really a ton of like, uh, slashers more just like spot up shooters. Um, and he just really added something that was vital to our team, which is that inside outside game. Um, and I mean, anyone who watched the Loyola game of the past four years could see it. Uh, he averaged at least like three assists a game, um, for his career, maybe four, uh, but he was just legit talent and um uh, it, but it didn't start off that way um he didn't he didn't even start when he came uh, when he started playing
4: yeah so that that beginning of the season i think i actually um there's a, we'll shout out our good old pa- fan forum uh, like every team has but the rambler mania was wondering who's going to start milt's gone who's the starting and i can maybe go back to that thread and i said Cameron carwright should be starting over andre jackson and everyone was like, that's ridiculous. Andre's sixth man of the year. Now, I love Andre death. He's one of the uh, dear friends that I found over those four years or the two years that he was there. But he's 6'5". And again, he was great. Adv- he was a disadvantage to bigger guys. And that he had one of the best up and under moves I'll ever see at Loyola to this day. But again, we, we need to make a presence. You have so many guards out there. Yeah, Andre could shoot. But then what happens when you can't shoot you need to feed it underneath and then you decide to get blocked by bull bull's cousin cobalt and it's like you can't have that or so uh, the thing is you really need to understand what this position was and the position was porter moser was going to go with the guy add additional and that's honor jackson was a six a year and that makes sense but then injuries plagued us in the beginning of the year and it changed our rotation probably for the rest of that season and it wrote the history and what it was was we had ben richardson coming off of one of the best defensive years of his life, um, goes down. And it's like, okay, Cam fills in that role for a few games. Um, and the funny part is Cam, his first game at Loyola, dropped 17 points. So you're like, holy crap, who's this kid? Against, it was against Wright State, nothing against them, but 17 points in 17 minutes is pretty impressive. Um, so you're like, oh, who's this kid? But he didn't start. He didn't even start against Eureka. He didn't start against games like that. And then all of a sudden we get to Florida, and then Clay goes down and it's like okay well Andre's in there now and Cam's in there now and they both kind of fit really well to each other and the best part is because of those injuries Cam never n- doesn't Cam starts the rest of his career except for I think that season senior night he didn't start because we let a senior start but he'll start majority every single game the rest of his career wearing a loyal uniform uh under Porter Moser uh I think that's one of those pivotal moments in his career and then also that season is what was our rotation? Rotation was everything to us. Who was the next guy up? Who wanted to play? We had a plethora of seniors, but who was really that good person to take the shot? And as we'll talk about, we had multiple different people decide to take different shots. So um, I think early on, the rotation was the biggest X factor. And we started finding a groove in that rotation. Um, even though we saw some back-to-back losses early on, then we went on runs. of.
3: What was the perception of Porter Mosier? What, what was that like?
0: So... My impression, like, you know, I'm coming to school in college. I'm a freshman. He's the coach there. And I, I don't. I didn't go to Loyola for basketball. I mean, now that happens, but uh, that's not why I was there. And I think it was my freshman year, and I'm sitting in the cafeteria, eating lunch, whatnot, and this man comes bolting in the cafeteria, is trying to rile people up. Eventually, like, no one can hear him because, you know, there's 500 students eating lunch or whatever. He jumps on a table, and he's like,
1: listen up. I'm like, oh,
0: okay, like, what? you know, what's up? It's so we have a game in two hours and free T-shirts today and you come and be loud and have a good time and whatever. Like, I forget what he said, but it was just like, oh, oh, you're the head basketball coach. OK, like I had no idea. I don't know who this man is. And from then, like, like that, that's just kind of the dude he was, Um, at least for me. Uh, that's how I'll remember him. He was one of the like greatest motivators, I think, uh, as like a college basketball coach. There were times when. He would make some in-game decisions. He, like, we talked about all the time. He was so quick to sub guys in and out. Like, you'd see one guy just have a bad pass and all of a sudden he's on the bench. I was like, well, he just made two threes, like the two possessions before that. Like, but that's just how he coached, you know, always in and out, um, but he was a great motivator. Uh, one of the, the famous Twitter accounts came from him, which is Porter's Jacket, which is now uh, Drew's Shoes. Uh, so if you want to follow that, they're an old Loyola fan. Um great account, but because he would get so angry on the court, he would always take off his his jacket his uh his suit and coat, and so that just kind of came from that. So I'll always remember him as like just one of the greatest motivators, um both for his team and for uh the student support and the, the university support so Thomas I know you have a lot of other opinions so. yeah
4: i i but here's the thing, so people might not know loyalist students tickets are free. How many colleges really offer that? Not too many, according to my like knowledge of friends who go to colleges and even when I toured. Um, and he was still, he was one of the big advocates. You had you had players, even before my time, players after they win the CBI. Now, again, for those listening who don't know, the CBI is that third, maybe tier level tournament postseason. But Loyola made a postseason tournament, which is like, whoa, holy cow. But the tough thing is you have to pay for that tournament. You don't get the private, the pageantry and everything. You have to host the games. Luckily, we won it, right? And we're like, hey, you win it we're going up from there and we didn't go up from there. So it was like tough to be like, we just had a packed crowd. And then lo and behold, our volleyball team, who people might not realize our men's volleyball team, they win 2 back-to-back national championships. So they get a packed crowd just for that. So you're like, well, can basketball even uh, get people to come to games, yet they're free tickets, right? So we had, you had players go to dorms and hand out like Mm -hmm. the little, the magnets for your fridge, your little things. And Porter was, he would be at every orientation Every orientation. I don't think there's probably one orientation he missed. For a program like Loyola and a school like Loyola, that's great. Good Catholic guy from Chicago area. He's the guy who can put pride in your school. Now the thing is, can he put wins in your record book? And that, that's kind of the question. You're like, come on, man. This is two seasons since CBI. Can we do something? And that was just tough just because, again, CBI, you 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 have rafters. You don't have a rafter for CBI. You just don't. You, you don't put a postseason – Last time we were in the postseason was the 80s, and you have kids coming to Tor and they look up to a rafter and, like, men's ba- – no, that's men's volleyball national championship. Okay. And then, yes, we have the 1963 banner, our namesake, and our podcast. But that's been quite some time for some of these kids looking. So we just got a videographer and like, a video department that year. So we put out highlight tapes every game. And that was the first year that we had, like, you could watch recaps of games, interviews. And then the biggest thing is not only were the scarves, but our name. Biggest thing with Loyola is everyone used to put L-IL, that's not, we're not Loyola Illinois, we're Loyola Chicago or LUC, and ESPN just murdered, they, ESPN could never care about who we were, right? Like, you just don't get the credit unless you're on the big screen. Um, so that was one of the biggest things that year was we got our whole rebranding. So when we played, when you see us against the Florida game in the, in the legend, you'll see it says, okay, LUC or Loyola, the proper, not, not even L-O-Y, which they would do sometimes. So it's, it's a very different team, even that respect wise. So, so I'd say game wise, really just the, the season start off, uh, hot. Like that's just what it is. Um, we start off our usual Loyola Loyola doesn't really get too many uh, big games. Florida was probably the biggest game we'll see on our calendar. A lot of local stuff. Um, so that's always the big thing. Uh, a lot of Division II or even D3 or even NAIA, Eureka, and all that. But um, uh, that
3: that's kind of one of the biggest things as well. It's always a bad so, sign when uh, the school doesn't have a hyperlink on the Eureka. Yeah. <laughs> <kind of>, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think we need to talk about Florida.
0: I mean, I think that's really where a lot of people started taking notice. I still remember I was, I wasn't even watching the game. I'm checking my phone and I'm like, oh, like they, they're in this. They're, they're, you know, maybe they can win this. And eventually I found like a stream that was totally legal and I definitely paid for it. And, um, and I'm <laughs> watching this game and um, it, it was going well, obviously like Andre Jackson was, was huge in that game. But also our starting point guard, Clayton Custer went down with like, a, I can't, it was a leg injury, either ankle or knee. And like I want to say, like early second half or late first half, and so like oh, like we're not a deep team. Like we're already missing Ben Richardson. Uh, Our bench really goes maybe three deep, and um, but they end up pulling it out. Um, Like I said, Andre was huge. Dante made some some big plays and was crucial on defense. Um, And uh, just my lasting image of that game is them celebrating on florida's court and clayton custer is hobbling on one leg with his crutches in the other arm (laughs) like jumping out like he's gonna break his other leg he's jumping so high Um, (laughs) but yeah it was it was huge i mean it was finally like it was the first time i'd ever seen Loyola be covered like on even like just chicago news like wgn or wbbm or something like that like yeah,
4: I would say um it, it there one the one phrase that came out of that game. So I was in a pub in Spain, um, listening and watching this game and didn't care about anything going on but this game. And then I screamed down the streets, screaming Loyola One, and no one knew except for my close <laughs> friends. But the biggest phrase that game was the announcers from the SEC said Cameron Kartwick looks like an SEC center. They said that about a billion thousand times. They kept saying this kid looks like an SEC center. And the weird thing was he had a a great game, eight total rebounds, 14 points, but people kind of forget, at least the announcers forgot about Andre Jackson's game. Andre Jackson came in as probably, what, the season before he was top 10 in field goal percentage because he was always close to the rim. He shot a few threes here, there, and here and there, and he could make them, but he wasn't that consistent with it, right? But he went 10 of 12 in that game and dropped 23 points because he was a mismatch. And again, the, 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 the schools just kind of played him as, a uh, small, really small shooting guard at six four, six five, or maybe a quick, sh- uh, small forward. But you didn't really know the mismatch. Um, so it was interesting. Those two players had a game that just elevated their kind of skill the rest of the season, right? Because again, you get Cam to go in there and g- g- pull a win out. But like Andrew said, our bench was so weird. And and then weird's the right way. We have a transfer decides Andre uh, on Darius Avery. He gets some minutes, gets a few points as freshman. Uh, Cameron Sattery right? gets a few minutes, or sorry, a sophomore at that point. Um, Bruno, a sophomore. So like, there weren't really guys you knew who to who rely on besides the starters. And then when you have two starters out, you're like, holy crap, I don't, I don't know what's <laughs> about to go on. And what goes on is we decide to be an SEC team, and I don't think even Porter knew, right? Um, but that those are the biggest kind of creds from that game is that game sets up the rest of the season with rotation. And then also it just kind of shows us maybe can we compete at a higher level with sec teams uh, outside of maybe the mid maybe, maybe the power six. So those are those interesting topics that start coming through your mind. Um, but then again, we had a game two days games later that just really bothered me so much more than anything. So again, the Florida games are great game, chalk it up to also a great, great feeling to go down to a school and beat them. Um, that's always a
2: huge thing go down to the swamp and do that. And especially at a top, I mean, I think uh, there were five at the time. I mean, that's, that's something to hang your hat on and something that you can hold on to, especially as a mid-major when you don't get those opportunities a lot.
4: The game before I thought was the biggest game, and then we somehow got Florida, and we lost to Boise, and again, that was a good loss, and we were like, okay, that they're a good team, they're Mountain West. And I thought that would be the the biggest game of the year, and then we somehow scheduled Florida that same year. So, again, mid-major, you kind of take your strides, but then when you see uh, SEC school, you're like, oh, wow, can we just keep ourselves competitive? Can we show that we right. had a, a good Q a quad one loss, like those things, like that. Right. I don't think anyone right. thought going into it, maybe besides the team, knock on one, God bless them, but I don't think any of us were like, oh, we're going to get a good – Q1 win. No, we're getting a good Q1 loss. That's kind of those things that maybe go through your
0: mind. That stretch was kind of rough for us. I mean, after that, so we lost th- three or four games. We lost two of our first three conference games. Um, and Milwaukee, I think, was kind of the rough one for us. Because we were like, oh, you know, Horizon League team, like we came from the Horizon League just, you know, uh, six or eight years before that, that something like that. And um, and it, they weren't good at all. Like they weren't predicted to be in the top half of their conference so that one was rough, um, and then Missouri State had always put together a pretty good team up to that point, um, and uh, Indiana State as well. They had they had a couple uh, good players, and that one was tough because it was at home. But yeah, we had a we had a rough we had a rough stretch there, uh, losing two of our first three conference games. And I think at that point, I didn't know what to think of this team. Like it was, are they are they good? Like they just be a top five team? They come home, they lose uh, three out of four um so yeah I, I lost a little confidence
4: in them I, I joke with myself the reason why we lost Milwaukee is guys were studying too hard for finals because that was the that was the week in between finals of that semester um so we only had played a game the week before but again that's not always the excuse right um I think the Milwaukee, the Milwaukee <laughs> loss just left such a sour taste in my mouth because you're like you you wanted to, it was non-con finish you want to finish non-conference so strong And to be honest, you kind of try to schedule a a decent easy win, people would say. Again, not every game's easy, we'll say that, right? But you kind of schedule a game where you can go go and win, especially away. We were playing them away. And it didn't go that way, and we we nearly got blown out ourselves, right? Nearly nearly 20 points there. Um, And then the tough thing is Missouri State, I think Missouri State was the team nearly to beat only because of one player, and that's Elise Johnson, right? Elise Johnson was the guy to worry about in the valley, he was preseason valley player of the year ends up going to go nba gets played a few times with pacers i believe and then was on the bulls i think he's on the bulls um g league team now but he was a be- beautiful like stature of a player like six seven six eight lanky power forward but quick right so he was great in the valley he could dominate and that was the concern right who what we could do and then he lights us up for 24 points in that missouri state game so that that does it right Um, But again, there was, I think a temperature check after those 2 straight losses for me and they're like, oh, sweet. We went Indiana state and then you lose again. So then you're like, are we going to get over a hump? Or is it going to be this back and forth? Lose some win some and that's fine. We hadn't been too consistent in the valley, Um, but I think it was just all the hype. Like Andrew said earlier from from even local coverage from the Florida game. It was like, oh my God, we gotta show it. And I think that's like any team. Once you get in the top twenty-five, you're like, let's consistently keep it. And then when you lose, you're like, are we ever going to see it again? So it was one (laughs) of those tough things. But I'd say um, maybe those losses taught us something. I hope. Um, But again, it was definitely tough in the beginning. You were kind of you. We weren't on the same high that we were after the Florida game. There's
0: there's no doubt about it. Um, I think one of the things that changed for us is we got healthy. Um, so we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, uh, Clay, our starting point guard and eventual Missouri Valley Conference player of the year that year, was out for five games, I think, either including or after the Florida game. Um, and Ben Richardson got hurt in our third game, and he was out for 10 games. He had a broken hand. Um, and I'm trying to figure out exactly when, and I, you know, the specifics don't matter too much, but it was right around there. I think they missed a couple conference games each. Um, And then they both came back and we finally had a deeper bench Uh, at the time. I've been wanting to mention this for a while because he's my favorite player ever. Uh, Lucas Williamson, who was a freshman on this team and is still on the Loyola team. Now, he he didn't get any looks from anywhere. He like he had no offers coming out of out of high school, Uh, eventually ended up at Loyola um, and he was able to play more because guys like Ben Richardson and also Clayton Custer. Got hurt. Um, if it weren't for that, this team would be even thinner, uh, like bench wise and roster wise than it already was. So he played some really crucial minutes. Figured out he he has he had this great uh, corner three point shot, um, excellent defense, um, just like high motor type of guy. Um, so now finally we have our starting five back, which includes Crutwig. Um, you got Andre Jackson coming off the bench most of the time, who was the reigning six man of the year uh Lucas Williamson who's finally playing and playing well. Um and after that it was still a little a little foggy. We had some other guys, Bruno Skokna, Cameron Satterwhite, but it was really those like the starting five and, and those two coming off the bench. So I think us getting healthy uh really changed the course of things. And uh we uh we we rattled off uh seven in a row um and only lost one more conference game, uh, after, debatable
2: after loss, the very, very debatable loss.
0: <laughs> so this, that, this one's a story. I don't know if we, I don't know if the, do you, Thomas, do you think, is there any other like important stuff in that seven game win streak? Cause I can't like remember all too much. To Honestly,
4: it's more that Loyola won seven games. We hadn't really, we were not, we weren't a team to go on runs. Um, and we weren't, and again, this was, this is kind of the sentiment to what we kind of expect this season, the seasons after this season, um, of what we do in conference but it's that we make an impact. We get a loss here and there, and, and Andrew and I are okay with some of those losses when it's Drake or Missouri State, but the runs may mean so much. But no, I'd say that this Bradley game was just tough because um, it was a nail-biter, um, and the, the worst one is we, cr- we nearly crushed them by 20 when we played them, um, and that was at home. But then we, we lost on like a weird goaltending call or whatever, and it was really tough. We were at we had a bar, Andrew and I, And it was just like, come on, that was clearly goaltending. And it was just like, we needed that to go in. And again, that loss. So even, I don't know if that's the mid-major in us, but at that point, as loyal fans, we're like, shit, there goes any, there goes any like chance, right? That that's, if we don't win the tournament, then you're not going to go in because the Valley at that time, maybe not a two bid league, because that's why they treat mid-majors. And you're like freaking out that one loss to a Bradley who wasn't even the top at that season would just ruin your season. Are we going back to CBI? Do we even get an NIT wave? I don't even
0: know. Yeah, um, the Bradley game was tough for sure. Uh, like you mentioned, Thomas, just just some some really impressive wins. Otherwise, I mean, going to Drake, winning by 23 at Valpo, uh, was it, 16. Uh, I think one of the bigger ones uh, was the away game at Illinois State. Illinois State was really good that year. They had Malik Yarborough who, um, I don't know. It was just a small forward that always seemed to score twenty points against us. Um, but uh, they they had a they had a really talented team. I think was Illinois State projected to win the Valley that year, or was it, it was either Missouri State or Illinois State? Do you remember, Thomas? So, I believe it was Illinois State because they just came
4: off the year they went to the NIT. Um, they got snubbed uh, from my one of my favorite uh, NCAA tournament snubs that Syracuse ended up going to the Final Four. So, Yeah, so it was definitely um, Illinois State at that time.
0: But it was impressive. The, it was impressive the way they bounced back from that Bradley win. Um, they they had Missouri State and Drake uh, at home, beat them both by uh, uh, what like over twenty, and then fifteen, um, and then just it kind of kept rolling from there. Um, it felt like they didn't really miss a beat, uh, which is great. Um, I think they kind of needed a loss in order to realize like okay, we we have to win the rest of our games now. Uh, every game after that was was a tournament game for them. And it really showed, I mean, they, then after that Bradley lost, they didn't lose again until, until the final four. So.
4: Illinois state game, probably it it means the most out of that regular season, just because it's the clinching game. It's the final, or sorry, it's technically not the clinching game. Right. I think what Evansville was, the clinching out outright. Um, but it was the fact that it was at home. It was senior night. That's, um, it was a big thing. We were a senior heavy team. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I, so I've been going to a good amount of these games. Um, uh, the student section was getting better and better every time, uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, there's like, I don't know, 50, 50 students or something. And by the end of the season at this Illinois State game, it was, it was packed. It was a sellout. It was the first sellout they had. And I, I, at this arena, I think it was the first time they'd ever had a, sell, had a sellout. Um, and it was just crazy. A, a genteel only seats like 5,000 people, but uh, when it's full, it's loud and crazy and ruckus and all that kind of stuff. And it was just like, it was so much fun. I honestly, like, this is my favorite memory from this whole team because I was at the game. I didn't, I wasn't able to go to Arch Madness. I wasn't able to go to uh, the NCAA tournament. Um, I was at, in the gym for this, like front row student section. Actually, if you look at any of the highlight videos from that team that Loyola put out, I am the tall guy in a referee's shirt because I was jawing at the reps the whole game. I'm in like a couple of the highlights uh, celebrating. <laughs> Um, so I'm I'm that guy at at the at the games, and still am, even from my my season season ticket uh seats up in the 200 section. You still uh, wear it? Yeah, no, I don't wear really, the sure, shirt. Sure shirt doesn't fit anymore. I got the <laughs> like adult target
4: life. on his back now if he wears it. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: but yeah, so the, the game was just so so much fun. Uh, I I remember like screaming so loud I thought I was gonna pass out. Uh, that was fun um storming the court afterward obviously it was a blast um cutting them cutting down the nets um but the game was good i mean loyal one by seven it was pretty close the whole time um i remember ben richardson hit a huge three in that game uh just just great all-around team game and it, it just it got me super excited for arch madness and super excited to see what this team could do
4: no i'd say um it, it's weird it was something we didn't touch on it was like the students involvement b- before this this season, right? There were no students, right? That season was when we actually just moved uh, the student section mm. um, actually. And I was actually happy to be lucky enough to be a part of that talked about. So our student section, I again, if I had to rebuild our arena, it, you would like to have the student section right behind the away basket at the second half. That's always like the dream, right? That's the goal. We decided to put a massive uh, cut Right in the middle of that, because that's how we get move all our stuff in and out instead of the corners. We have two entrance exits right in the middle behind the hoops. So there were no fans before that, right? There were really no student involvement. And then with the movement of the student section, that was the whole point. So that or that game was the sentiment of like what a packed Lola with students could be. Um, And then the fact that we already had it, I think, got more students to come because they knew they were going to see a ceremony or potentially after whatever cutting down nets. Right. So that kind of was like, where where has these students been? What type of student atmosphere this is? And that kind of then just, again, like Andrew said, continues for every other game nearly um, the rest of the way. So um, it, I think that's a big point to say is that we had no real students before. Even though Porter's try, right? We actually were in the same fraternity, and we had three guys that were almost at probably at every single game. Uh, I've been to a handful of conference tournaments, and we probably had four Loyola students. Because Loyola's conference tournament is right when we make spring break, so who wants to go spend <laughs> spring break? And nothing against people from St. Louis, but who wants to go spend spring break in St. Louis when you can go to Miami like it. everyone else? So, <laughs>
2: um,
4: that year was really interesting. That conference game was interesting, and then though it's like so. Here's the next thing. Okay, I knew at that time. I don't think many people knew, and Andrew knew. Okay, we're guaranteed the NIT, right? You win your regular season conference, you're guaranteed NIT. But we still got to win the. We're not an at-large. We're not a 2 bid conference. You got to win the conference tournament, and so that that was the end of the season. And Andrew, I don't know if you really want to talk. Besides cutting on nets, hadn't seen that in years. Sister Jean got a a, a net again, just for note because not everyone knows this and it's tough. Sister Jean had fallen that December, so I think the Milwaukee loss did a lot to her. Um, <laughs>
2: did did a lot. She lot to was us all.
4: she did stand. Mm-hmm. She was standing every year before that. She would every game. She's standing, walking, perfectly. Sadly, she had a fall that December. So that is why she's in a wheelchair. The rest of her, to this day, she's still in a wheelchair. So that's where it was weird to see that image because you're like, you expected Sister Jean maybe to be hoisted up. I don't know, maybe. But again, she wasn't. But that those images, I think also people are like, because then Sister Jean starts getting into the mix. So um, it's a really interesting thing seeing Loyola cut down nets. Um, so, because I think the last time we had a net ceremony was CBI or even the men's volleyball. So it was the first time we had a team win a conference regular season in quite some time so yeah
2: i just want to touch on something i think andrew said uh since you were at the game did you say you guys stormed the court mm-hmm. oh, oh yeah. yeah yeah
4: oh yeah we have, we have no security at that time no. there was no security this is now there's there's, no, there's no need before <laughs> no. there weren't any fans so there was you <laughs> yeah no, andrew stormed the court i think i was on the court yeah yeah,
2: it was so mid-major, like, I love it. All 200 <laughs> students or whatever. I mean, it was maybe like 400. Yeah, yeah.
3: There were dozens of us, and it was incredible. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so much fun. Crazy. I knew everyone. End of the regular season, it's still win the conference tournament to get in, correct?
0: Yeah, I think, and also I think we were all, at least me as a fan, a little ignorant to it, right? Like, I didn't, I like, I... I loved basketball growing up and I, um, you know, watched a bunch of college basketball, but even to that point, like I was still a novice college basketball fan. Like, you know, you you pick a team when you're a kid and you you follow them, but I didn't know the ins and outs of like at-large bids and all that kind of stuff. So for me as a fan, I'm just thinking, okay, like we gotta, we gotta keep winning. That's like the only, the only shot we have, Uh, you know, looking back on it now with like 2020 vision, you could say, oh, maybe they deserved an at-large bid, but it, they, I mean, they were a nobody. Um, they hadn't been to the tournament in forever, and I just I, they didn't have any respect, didn't have any notoriety, and um, and their resume too was a bubble team at best at that point. They had that win over Florida, a couple bad losses, and um, just the, the the fifteen and three conference record, which still is good, but a lot of the teams in the Valley um, didn't do well in the non conference that year either. So yeah, for me, it was win the tournament.
4: Yeah, and I'd say the biggest thing is, and it's mid-major talk, and that's what we have to respect, is you get worried that in other so Missouri Valley plays one of the earliest conference tournament yeah. games. Yeah, that's so right. So we have to wait a week to watch these other conference tournaments games. And for all you know, Wake Forest decides to win the tournament, and then that means okay, so, yeah, that just Bunch bumps us down. all back. So the worst part is is that we're waiting also too. Even if we even if we were to lose in the championship, you have to wait. So me knowing just at the time still working in athletics and in the North athletics department, it's like, we, we, I went down to St. Louis and I didn't go down Friday because Friday is a 12 PM game and I had to finish work right before spring break. So I'm watching it though. I'm pretty sure where you, Oh, and, oh my which. gosh. Oh, this Andrew game? And I, so Andrew and I, so we have a movie theater in our campus yep. and we, I got someone to put it on. I was pretty you? sure I'm pretty sure it was only Andrew, myself, and maybe my two other buddies, and that's it. we were just watching this. <laughs> that's so sweet, years. though. That's so yeah, sweet. That's, that's pretty but sick. Movie theater yeah. could maybe get five people, and we're watching this UNI game. Which so we'll just go into the conference tournament now. We're losing to UNI. We only win by four points. And UNI is a team that Jacobson he knows what he's doing. He can win. He gets into the NC tournament here and there. He has teams. Never has a star player except for recently. But he always has a good bunch of guys, always competes against Wichita in the Commerce Tournament. But I'm like, holy crap, we're going to lose in the first round and not go anywhere. I mean, NIT, right, because we win the regular season. And then so we win, and I'm like, okay, I'm driving down to St. Louis today then. Okay, because we drove down right after that. Um, so that first game, even, we were on we were on the back of our chairs, standing up, screaming, oh, like, horrible. what's going on? It was <laughs> just because you didn't expect maybe that tough battle. Um, and the thing is, it was just... It was, it was a nail biter. There's no way to put it. We, we only broke away, I think at the end and four point wins. So there's no, there's no nice way to put it that we even that game stressed us out. And though each, each conference game meant so much because you're like, you lose one, you're probably not going to the tournament.
0: So. That was the worst game for me all season, for sure. Like the most stressful, like I, um, it was a preview of what was to come being a Loyola fan for sure. Uh, the stress and anxiety, but um, yeah. Oh, it was just like, I, like, like Thomas said, like, Northern Iowa had been there before. They had been to tournaments recently. At that point, um, Jacobson was a great coach, and we were—I mean, all newbies for the for the uh, to be general, I guess. Uh, none of us had been to the tournament. Porter had—I don't—I don't, yeah, never been to the tournament. Um, so I just thought, oh, we're gonna get out coached or we're gonna get out schemed or something. Um, but, you know, we, we did come through. Dante had a great game. Dante Ingram was huge, uh, eventual player of the the tournament, uh, most outstanding player. Um, but I think at that point, too, I mean, we haven't really talked about him either. But Marcus Towns, who was a transfer from, I think, Farley Dickinson, I yep, believe. That's no, you're right. He, I, did, I think his team went to the tournament his freshman year. They were uh, then, first first in. They were the first four. They're, okay. they're,
3: they're good. They're good for an appearance on the bracket. Like once every five years. Yeah. So he was the only
0: one, I think, to my knowledge, I had played in a NCAA tournament game. Play them. Uh, or sorry, Clay might not have played actually. Now that I think about it. Clay was on Iowa state. state and
4: Iowa state won the big 12. I think the, his freshman year, right. When her Hoiberg was Clayton Custer's coach, Hoiberg leaves to go to the NBA. Um, and then Clay was on the team. They won the big 12. I don't know though, if he even played a minute in the, that tournament game that they probably played. So, so yeah, Marcus we probably, very
3: probably got some free stuff and swag. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, a nice
0: ring probably to go with everything, so yeah. But Marcus really started coming on uh, as like, a, uh, he was a big X factor for this team the whole year. Um, I think this was his first team playing, or first uh, season playing at Loyola. He had just sat out the year before um, for transfer rules. And he started coming on and he was um, something that they, we're missing a little bit of is that uh, uh another ball handler and also like uh, uh drove the hoop a lot um but uh started hitting some threes and i think that was really key for them uh he had a great game uh in this one as well and it was just it was stressful but it was one of those you exhale and you're like okay well now we got to play again tomorrow so um yeah any do you have any other thoughts on that game thomas
4: i guess the next question was was just like well what what, what would be the next team or what, what's the next kind of at who do we play next and who we played next really just would we kind of put a scare thought into us because it's like can we do it can we can we win um and again the, the next team we played uh was i believe bradley yeah. um and bradley is the team we the, that was the last last loss we had right so again did, does bradley know how to beat us do they do they know those are the questions that go in your mind and then it's like okay that was a comfortable win right so again that's, that's the next question. And then I think the biggest game out of all is the Illinois State game. Illinois State was our rivals. I, I don't really think, Andrew, you have anything on the Bradley game too much. I was, just for reference, since I was there, there wasn't much of a student section. Again, just for reference, not many students there. Again, it's really tough for the Valley. Our spring break is always that time, but there wasn't really many fans. And I, the, I'll tell a quick story is three years prior, yeah, no, sorry, two years prior, We played Wichita State in the first round and we were trending on Twitter because we were beating Wichita State at a certain point. And you had every fan in the Valley rooting for us because they hated Wichita State so much. That's the most fandom I think we've had at the conference tournament since now we've gone back after the final four. And then you get to the Illinois State game and that game you're just nail biters because you're like, it's Illinois State, they got Malik Yarborough and we just played a great consistent game. I think the biggest part about that game really for me, was that um, the benefit, I think, is that I, Illinois, um, Illinois State just came out of overtime. Mm. Um, so they just, I again, you, you gotta play three to four games every day, like yeah. everyone's gotta do it. And I think we might've just been the benefactor of an overtime game. Cause again, that was the evening game-ish, five o'clock the night before. So we were all watching it at our bar back in St. Louis at the hotel bar. So you're like, okay, that might give us some tired legs and yada yeah. yada. Um, and we were up big in the first half, 36 points in the first half by a Loyola mid-major team is not kind of something back then, I would say. Um, and that was really impressive. Um, so, again, the thing was, it was just that we just took it and kept moving forward. I was
0: watching it at home. Um, it, was, it was great. It, it, was, it was one of those games where, yeah, I mean, it was close at times, but it really felt like we were in control of the whole game. Um, and so it was actually one of, you can, like, enjoy watching it um and talk about the team and at the time like um my family my dad's a huge sports guy he's a big basketball guy so we were able to like talk about the team and i could like teach him stuff about the team because you know they we didn't talk about that because they weren't good before that um so that's just kind of like a fun memory where we could figure out like oh where are we going to watch tournament games potentially or like just kind of good memories and good feelings about like them playing so well and looking forward to uh, this, like first tournament birth since 1985.
4: It, I think the Illinois state game, and and one thing I'll say is that we were up by nearly 20 at one point, I think like 17 was a, quite a number we saw. And so sitting there, you were like, you. A few of my buddies and I, we're the ones who don't want to jinx anything sports thing. You do what you do. You hold the same beer you had. Granted, sorry, you're not allowed to drink beer in the student section at the Valley Conference Room. You have to drink it outside, and then you can drop it and then go into the student section. Mm. Um, But we were drinking too many because you're nerves. You're just nerves. You're like, oh, my God. this is. And to me, this is the game of that whole season because it clinched everything, right? Because even that regular season banner doesn't clinch the tournament for you, right? And again, as a loyal fan, then I was – well, well overjoyed with just making it to the tournament. You get that banner. Kids now will see, hey, you made the NCAA tournament. You go to the NCAA tournament. A whole bunch of teams that go to the NCAA tournament, and a whole bunch of teams don't win, just like you won't win, right? Only one team wins it. Yeah, Sweet 16s. But having those banners up there consistently show winning teams. So it was one of those overjoyed uh games, and again, just cutting down more nets and everything was great. Um, and then um the best part is is like Every year before that, I told my dad, I was like, no, we won't go see spring training. Loyola might make the NCAA tournament. Loyola might make the NCAA tournament. Can't do that. I work for the team. I work for athletics. Can't do that. And I was like, I finally was like, hey, yeah, I definitely can't go to spring training. We're going to the NCAA tournament. I got to work. <laughs> like, So this is actually happening. So it was definitely one of those things. And for even then Porter, I think, I think Porter might not say this publicly, and I'll say this for him, beating Illinois State to go to the NCAA tournament as a head coach for the first time probably means a hell of a lot more for him. Porter was the head coach at Illinois State, got fired. Um, The AD hired one of his close best friends. Um, So I think, again, Porter is such a nice guy on camera and everything. But I I would say he would definitely say that beating Illinois State to go to the NCAA tournament meant a lot to him um, just because of his history. Uh, But then again, the question is, okay, well, what is this Loyola team? What is this program now that we're actually going to the NCAA tournament? Because I don't think anyone really knew. I don't think the ticket office knew what we were doing for tickets, um, but. That week, again, leading up to it, was probably also one of the most nerve-wracking weeks. It's like, well, where do we fit? Where where do we get ranked? So, again, the conference tournament, going into it, you had to win it all, or you weren't going pretty much. You are going to NIT, but you weren't going to go to NCAA tournament. And I think that's also because Illinois State just didn't didn't get it in the year before. I think that was also, in my mind, at least, and a lot of Valley fans. If Illinois State didn't make it in after not winning the tournament, why? how could Loyola get in? So, Yeah, yeah so it's yeah, kind of like – the treatment we get as mid majors and everyone who's a mid major knows it.
3: Um and that's just how it really the cookie crumbles. So yeah. All right. So it looks like we got uh Andrew and Thomas uh off to get another drink. So it's time for all of us to grab a refill from our Quack Coolers. Quack Golf is the official sponsor of the college basketball stories and all of the stories podcasts. Uh we first found Quack because we saw their logo on Twitter and thought it was a cool looking logo and uh, did a little more, uh, research into them and got some of their gear and it's, it's great stuff. These guys are uh, from Dublin, Ireland, and they set out to make golf apparel affordable to buy and enjoyable to wear. Now, they say it's, it's made by golfers for golfers, which is certainly true. Um, but for me personally, um, I'm not the, the biggest golfer in the world. I, I consider myself a, a bachelor party golfer. Uh, But that's what makes quack so great is because I can wear it on the course or more times than not, when I'm wearing it, I'm going to the bar or the tailgate or, you know, just just running around town running errands in it. And it's just cut really well. It's not too baggy. And speaking to the versatility, they got anything and everything you need. They got quarter zips, polos, vests, shorts, hats, belts, socks, anything you need. They got it. So check out everything at QuackGolf.com. That's Quack spelled K-W-A-C-K, golf.com. Use promo code STORIES15 for 15% off your order. Once again, it's QuackGolf, K-W-A-C-K, golf.com, and STORIES15 for 15%. And if you use our promo code, send us a screenshot of it, and we'll send you some hoosies from your favorite stories podcast to, to go along with it.
0: I got a backup beer too so i'm good to go
2: awesome you guys draw you know an 11 seed in the south um you realize you find out who you're playing miami
3: was 11 like the ceiling of what you guys thought going into it did you think you can sneak into a 10 or what were the feelings on on that front
0: i i think 11 was pretty was pretty dead on i, I think there were people that were saying yeah 10 for sure would be fun but like again it's just like we haven't been in so long so it's just like we're happy to like whoever we draw. Like I think some people were hoping that we might get some clothes so that people could go. Um, like I I wasn't I wasn't even reading into it that much. I was just like so excited to be able to go watch them or whatever. Um, but I think there was this like awesome sense on campus of of this like uh, mutual like appreciation for the team, and everywhere you went it felt like every interaction would end with go ramblers, or then it turned into go blurs, which is like something that is now what we say. And the more I look back on it, it started there. Like you would you'd like be talking to your professor about a homework assignment and you're leaving you're like, oh, go blurs, like have a good one. Like it just kind of became this synonymous thing. Um, and uh, as we get more talking about the tournament, there are some other things around campus too, but it started there. It was like just everyone, uh, started enjoying it, and I think I think people were just really living in the moment of like we have this awesome team that's going to do a thing that they haven't done in twenty five years or over that more than twenty five years um and it was just like at least for me from what I could see, like everyone was just appreciative of um of getting there and seeing what they could do
4: yeah, I think the if when it comes to rankings, uh the biggest thing that I saw was like okay what what's the coolest path for us? right and when you when you actually look at it it's like okay well do you want that 10 seed the 10 seed gets you if you win the first game you're playing the number two seed most likely the second round so it's like ooh, maybe we don't want to play them the second round let's get a little bit and then you're like oh Loyola should have been a nine seed well the nine seed if you win the first game your second game's the one seed so you're like and again until that year every one seed had won every single game so you're like in your head you're trying to think about okay well Maybe we're okay with a little underdog-ish, right? Middle of the pack. Cause then your path, you're playing threes and fives, maybe you're playing you're playing a little bit, maybe sevens here and there. So it really gets you to like, okay, I think we can play teams that maybe just had a really good run toward the end of the season. And again, a lot and some of these teams who are maybe a little bit ahead of us are the at-large teams that just play in the Big 12 that maybe have eight losses to our four losses, whatever, but they get in because they're all eight Big Twelve losses. So um again. The other thing was, it was our first time in years, so I don't think anyone knew what to be like, oh, we're consistently a 12 seed, we're consistently a 10 seed. I think we were just happy with anything. Uh, As as I think one of you mentioned, our our scarves made it down to Dallas no matter what, and we had a whole big show, um, Selection Sunday. Every guy was up there, and again, it's a little bit, there's also less of a pressure when you know you're getting a bid, right? I've never been there when a team hasn't gotten a bid and they throw a big show. I don't know how they do that. Um, but again, it's a little bit different. The the fans were there, you had students in there. Really weird to see students in, not for our actual game. So, I think those are just some of those nice things to uh remember. And again, that Sunday was the Sunday back from spring break. So, to even get that, I think us all in the athletic department were like, oh, this is kind of cool. People are coming back for that. Um, so again, something nice to look forward to in that week, or again, five days of preparation because what the game's on Thursday. So, yeah,
2: you know, first tournament in their 20 some odd years. Are you guys just kind of happy to be there and just enjoying the ride and like you know you match up with the six seed who's you know ranked in the country at the time? are you just hoping hey, give him a good game if we win we win if not it's cool to be here or are you expecting
0: I think I thought we could win one I thought that was it like I thought we we were coming from nowhere you know there's not much scouting on us other than probably this season um a lot of the guys aren't like these highly recruited top 100 talents like you know no one had a book on them so i thought we'd go out there shock them um miami had lonnie walker who's a super uh, uh, big role player for i forget who but in the nba um and they had this huge center too i can't remember his name but uh those are the guys that i was worried about and then i looking back i was like okay like you know they just have a bunch of role players and we you know at the time we had ben richardson who was who ended up being, being the defense player of the year so i was like okay put ben on Lonnie Walker. Figure it out. We'll hit some threes. Um, play our style of basketball, slow pace, um, either threes or layups. Like that was our play, our style play. And I thought it did match up pretty well against Miami. But then after that, you're looking like, oh, like Tennessee. Like, yeah, that's that's a tough draw. So um, for me, I was like, let's win one. That'd be awesome. You know, get a fun weekend in. And uh, you know, if we lose after that, then we lose. I don't
4: know. Yeah. I think one of the biggest things was Sister Jean had us going to the Sweet 16. Um, and again, we busted her bracket, which again, she, I know she stated she was very happy that her bracket got busted, but um, <laughs> there there were two sides. So the side of me as a fan was like, I know we could win one, right? Let's, let's win one. The side of me of working athletics was like, this is a great stepping stone for any program who hadn't been to the tournament in years. Let's build on that. This is what gets you. So it's like just getting there was great, right? Um, to be honest, with you, there was no thought about like Porter leaving or anything like that, because like we had such a, a group of potentially young guys. Cam was a freshman. So the thought was just like, hey, we got the tournament. Let's we're on the national stage. though, so let's do something. So I think I, I agree with Andrew. I do think we could win one and maybe it goes back to that whole SEC Florida win. Let's go down to Dallas and be an ACC school in, my, in uh, Miami. Um, But then from then on, it was just like pure luck. And again, we might say it was luck or Cinderella's shoes whatever people call it. But the thing is, it was like, I think we could. And especially Miami was the team that had really just one guy. Again, Lonnie Walker, the top recruit, potential NBA draft. So it was like, okay, well, if we can hold Lonnie Walker, we got to force them to score other places. Um, And it just depended on what Porter wanted to come out with. Was he going to go through Cam? Was he going to go through here? Um, So there were just multiple like question marks but i think the fact that we were capable of doing it was absolutely there there wasn't a question of could we it was just how we could do it so yeah, yeah.
0: that was uh that was probably of all the games that was the most fun i would say because it wasn't stressful right like you're there like you deserve to be there but you didn't expect to be there mm-hmm. and um i one of the parts that i want to talk about all about all these games is where i was because it it's such like a, an important part of my memory of the whole tournament so sure. the first game, I was, we have a little like bar at Loyola that's under our student center. And it's changed names like three times in eight years or something. But um, like, I, I can't remember ever seeing more than 15 people. And it's like a ping pong table and a pool table. And it's cool. And it serves coffee in the morning, beer at night. And, but um, there, you know, there's a couple different places you could watch the game. And I was with a friend and we get down there like, I had to be like, maybe not an hour beforehand, but like half an hour. And there's just nowhere to go. Like it's, it wasn't very big, but it's not small. And so we're just like squeezing in, trying to get a spot. And it's just one of those things where you're just like shoulder to shoulder with someone watching this game. And um, it was, it was a fun game, Um, obviously really close. Most of the game, couple plays that aren't the shot that I'll remember was Lucas Williamson knocking the ball off Lonnie Walker's leg and getting an extra possession. Uh, The way the ball bounced on the rim like four or five times on a missed free throw to set up the shot for Dante. Um, And uh, yeah, just some good memories from that game. But then Dante makes the shot um, and obviously the whole place just erupts. But what people don't remember is they actually got like a second put back on the clock. And so this bar is like losing their crap. And I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) They still have a chance. Like, you don't want to celebrate yet. And then, like, my I have a phone video of that of like, uh, they they inbound the ball and it gets like tipped or something. And I scream like a full second ahead of everyone else because I realized the ball got tipped and there's no way they're going to get a shot off. And, uh, they you know, they end up winning, obviously. But, um, yeah, that one that, that was that's where I was sure. on campus for that game. So that was super fun. I don't know, Tom's do you yeah. remember where you I were?
4: Yeah, I remember I was I'll save my story for the next game because the next game is the real interesting one for Chicago fans. But I'd say the biggest thing about that game and I've seen the clip and I got to find it. But Porter looks to call a timeout after that free throw is missed. So I, you can see a camera angle and Porter goes to timeout and then he folds his hands because no one sees it right away. And we had a timeout. So, again, if you missed a shot, there's always like, oh, you should have drawn up a play. It's the NCAA tournament. But you make the shot and then, or if you call it and you say, some, it depends on the coach, right? Some coaches let him play. Some coaches, like, I need to drop a play because that's what my guys are comfortable with.
3: And, and then we we'll find out is, what happens and then decide whether it was the right caller or, or a
4: back. Exactly. Call. <laughs> and, and the crazy thing is, a three wasn't needed. That's the best part. We were down one, thankfully, to that free throw miss. So it's like, okay, Andre Jackson underneath or like a, a hammer down low or just someone pick and rolling wide right up to the rim. So, you're not thinking there's a three coming at all. I don't think so. And I know the team quite well at that point. And the best part is, I don't think it's Dante Ingram taking the three. And nothing against Dante. He's got a smooth lefty shot. But you got Clay, who's the MVC Valley Player of the Year. He's made a lot of threes. You got uh, Marquise Towns, who's made a lot of threes. So, you're like, Dante wasn't the guy I was thinking about right away. But he was just like, you look at his, you look at his, you look at where his feet were. He was dead center pretty much to the court top of the three. He was, it was him in the backboard lined up and just, you take the shot. And, th- and that's literally those shots are what NCAA tournament's about. You have you and I hit Chuck at half court that you just shoot a far three and it goes in and that's what happens. So um, I think that's the shot that for me, it's, it, it's like, I didn't expect Dante to take it, but I'm really happy he did now, of course. But again, that team is such an interesting team that I would have put the ball in pretty much any of those five starters hands. Um, and just let them go to work because we—that's how we got there. And if we ended on that, you knew it was a great tough game. And Loyola 11 seed battled a, a seven seed all the way to the last seconds. And then that game, though, I think set up like, what are these Loyola fans and what are they doing here? Um, so again, it was an interesting moment to have um, overall. And just again, that's when I think the the sensations of the team and Sister Jean got got going.
0: Um, so yeah, I, that's that's all I got on, on Miami. Um, it was, yeah, awesome, no, there's, but... there's a lot
2: more coming. So <laughs> well,
3: let's get into it. We had uh
2: three C Tennessee next with what happened at the end of the game. Like, Oh, okay. This is starting to feel something magical down in my plums. Like this feels good. <laughs> or is it, or I, it's like, we're going to lose.
4: You got sec, big guys, Williams and Scoville. And it was like, Oh, we're going to lose. I think the only thing that like had people texting me about was people who did know college basketball was like, Oh my God! Wait, Virginia lost. So does that mean Loyola like is gonna win more? Like people, like, <laughs> no, that that's not at all. Like that doesn't. Yeah, it might help us at some point, but right now that's not what I have to worry about. Yeah. So it was it was funny just also watching people react. People were like, so many moving parts. But sure. the, the thing of it, that Tennessee team was a team that had two NBA talents on it. It was a team that I, I think people expected to make a lot, a lot more. <laughs> Of a bigger run than they did, of course, right? And that large for a three seed, I thought was something pretty impressive. Um, but yeah, no, I think the biggest thing was um, they lost in the championship of the SEC. So you're like, okay, automatically. And, and then the other thing is a lot of people going up to the game were comparing their first round tournament team to us. So Wright State, um, again, another kind of mid major program, winner out of the horizon, right? So people were saying, oh, they just crushed Wright State they're going to yeah. crush Loyola because it's that kind of level. Um, so I think that's something that was always going on. And they were, I th- they were a top 15 uh, team in the nation at that point. So you're picturing, Hey, is this another Florida game or is this going to be what they just did to Wright state and nearly win by 30? So it's, it's one of those up in the airs, but I think there was so much overjoyment on the campus that we were like, huh, oh, we, we won the first one in fantastic fashion. It, my heart can't take another one, can it? and, Lo and behold, my heart nearly gave out. So it's it's one of those <laughs> things. But the one I'll just mention is this is St. Paddy's Day Parade in Chicago, Saturday. Oh yeah.
2: That's a good day. So
4: that was an early start for everyone. I'm pretty yeah. sure that game wasn't until like two or three-ish, I want to say, Andrew. I I think Somewhere around there, yeah. Yeah. I think maybe I can pull the. Um, no that game was 6 p.m Eastern. Yeah. so <laughs> just felt, right. felt, yeah. Yeah. maybe really? i woke up yeah i think we you out. guys were awake, awake. <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh we probably were been up for 12 hours at that point so yeah i had a lot of friends a lot of people that were like really ugly, uh, let's say they were falling on their way back home to watch the game um so that that was an interesting one and then again more bars in chicago had this game on in the or any Loyola game on for the first time in probably a hundred years nearly. So like it was one of <laughs> since those TVs. things since TVs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe even the radios, yeah. but yeah, that, that was the note that first the city of Chicago though, that was really interesting to see. Everyone was just like say Patty's Day parade, but we got to get home for Loyola game or just watch it where you're just find a TV to watch it.
0: And um, so, yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just like, it started to become that like, okay, Loyola's on, we have to watch it. Or like you said, Thomas, like any bar you went to, it, it had it on. Um, but like for the actual basketball portion of this game, one of the biggest things is how are we gonna deal with Admiral Schofield, who was this like six six, I wanna say, like forward. And we, we really didn't have anyone to like match up with him. Like Dante was around the same size as him, but Dante was never this like excellent defensive stopper. So For me, I was like, I don't know how we're going to deal with him. And, well, he kind of dealt with himself. He got in foul trouble really early. I think within, like, two minutes of the game or something, he had two fouls. And so he didn't play the rest of the first half. And that gave us an opportunity to get settled in, um, make some shots. uh, Kind of, uh, I mean, Andre Jackson had his best game since the Florida game. uh, He had 16 points and was just like, it took advantage of that mismatch. And, And having Schofield out let him... Uh, uh, play it down low, and um, he just had an excellent game. Um, but yeah, I
4: just to know, I love Andrew saying this because Admiral School for played 26 minutes compared to like everyone played 33, 34, seven minutes in the tournament. It's 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 massive minutes. And the thing is, well, there's a maybe a point when it gets to the Nevada game, we'll talk about, but our team could never really adjust to quick height. There's a difference between just having height, like Purdue always got a seven foot uh Eastern European guy. But we have a six foot 10 freshman who doesn't know the quickness of his feet, likes to pass out and knows he can pass, but again, doesn't really know the quickness of his feet. And then defense is a different story, very offensive. So the question is, who are we going to do it? Uh, Dante's always the guy who does the stretch four job. He always, just because he's quick and he's athletic, he can get the hops. Andre's not guarding a guy pretty much nearly three inches or four inches taller than him. So that's kind of those questions. So foul trouble there opens the door for so many things, I think. Um, yet again, he, he still had 14 points, a great game, but when you look at it, he only had three rebounds. And again, just, it's, it's one of those games that he had four fouls so that we, we nearly, we held nearly got him out of the game. So I think those are one of those things that it's like, okay. What, what type of rotation can this team do and to be honest with you, this, this game was such a spread out game. Like, I think, okay, I know, yeah, Andre off the bench at 16 points, yeah. But everyone else was, like, single digits. There was no one who really did anything. Off, and that's just what, again, mid-majors or just Loyola, what they do is, I think Porter kept saying it maybe after this game, he said it a lot, was next guy up, right? Because, again, we'll have we'll talk about who else st- stepped up for a shot. But Porter kept saying this whole thing was like, okay, who's the next guy up? Not even six-man or anything, just who's the next guy up? And that was this team because you were so heavy – Again, everyone was the same age, roughly. So, even though Clay was junior, Clay, Ben, they went to high school together. That's a side note if you didn't know that. Um, That's an inside joke, but it's not. So, Clay, Ben, Marcus, Dante, and Andre are all of them the same age. So, they all are like the seniors. They all know. So, it really was just like, this game was just like, holy crap, who's going to step up? And, again, Ben didn't have that great of a shot from three. So, I was worried when it got to the last shot of like, I don't know who's going to take it because – they're gonna guard Dante. He just took this phenomenal shot the last game. So what's gonna go on? So uh, for me, this this shot by Clay just does it again. The call, Larry Bird, Player of the Year, that all makes it. But come on, who doesn't want to see a hit the rim and then roll in for the, kind of the clinching game? And again, though they had a lot more time than Miami, though mm-hmm. that's the yeah. scary thing. They had a shot and it was a decent shot. So it was
2: kind of a ill-advised shot, like a you know a, a fadeaway kind of. Back to the rim, and it wasn't like the best shot selection. For I don't think he made another complete.
0: one of those in his whole career. I can't remember one. So
2: it was it was the typical elbow jump shot fadeaway.
4: You, you think you're gonna practice, but you never actually should or need to use it because you yeah. need to fade away from the elbow at that point. But again, it was just maybe I, I don't I don't even I, to be honest. I think Williams was on him, and that was the thing. It's like maybe he just had the quick step off Williams. Um, so, but yeah, it, it was definitely a shot that we joked that isn't needed. But, uh, yeah, no, a little ill-advised. I don't think any coach would – okay, AWS, if they did it, they would be like, that wasn't the shot we would have recommended. But, yeah. again, <laughs> it's the shot that went in. I do think there was a potential for a foul. But in NCAA yeah. tournament under 20 seconds left, I think uh, refs swallow their whistles a little bit at that point. Um, yeah, unless so, super obvious, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, And, again, sometimes as a, as a fan of the team you want to get fouled, you see it more than you actually think. So. Yeah. yeah, I think that shot, again, Andrew and I were talking just before, definitely a little ill-advised. It went in, it's the guy you kind of maybe expected, Valley, Larry Bird player of the year, goes up for the shot and he makes it. So, But the 3.6 seconds or whatever it was, 3.3, 3, way more concerning and they got the shot off than anything. Like that's... <laughs> That's plenty. It's like an NFL. you give them too much time. They'll score and we did and they didn't. So we're, we're lucky there. But again, the biggest thing is we, we don't like to win big. We like to just win and stress everyone out. Cause we've never done this before. So again, another nail biter win of margin of four and that's it. So, right.
0: So my, uh, my angle here. So the place I was at so this bar called North end, uh, it's, it's a sports bar, um, I, I like great place to watch a, any, any game. I watch the Cubs world series run there. Uh, hopefully, you know, I was hoping that might give me, give me a little luck, but um, I'm watching it with um, a lot of the guys from my softball team uh, who like, I was the youngest guy on the team. So they always gave me crap anyway. So the whole time they're just like pestering me bugging me. Oh, this is what the loyal is going to lose it here. Like this is, you know, Oh, miss shot or block shot, whatever. I'm like, shut the hell up, man. Like, let me just watch this game. I'm art. Right, no one cares besides me. And then as the game progressed, like it just felt like more and more people were watching more and more people were coming into the bar. Uh, friends were coming in from like Tom said, like, like St. Patty's day stuff the day before. And um, yeah, just remember like standing in the middle of the bar. Uh, everyone's got their eyes glued to the TV, you know, pool stop, start, stop. Everything's just, let's watch this game. And he hits a shot and I lose my shit. And, um,
2: <laughs> but then it's like, Oh no, there's
0: still three seconds left. Um, but yeah, that was a, it was a good one. I I don't remember much from that one. I'll, I'll say that much. Like coming off St. Paddy's Day, coming off a win two days before that, at a bar for the whole time. Like, oh, that was uh, yeah. That was a that was a tough one, but it, it was a lot of fun. And you know. there
4: was there was a bit of a mindset of because it was St. Paddy's Day, people were like, oh, we'll watch the game, but we weren't like, oh, I need to be watching every single play because you we were like, hey, we're, we'll get a, we'll get a, hopefully a good game, right? We'll get a good game. And then I had buddies running off the train, phone dies, and they're all running to my place to be like we need we want to watch it, we want to watch it because the, <laughs> the, the nail biter at the end, um, you think you can breathe out a ten point lead, but ten point leads NJ tournaments can vanquish uh, so quick. So again, just, yeah, exactly. So again, it was a game that um, another one just nail biter, but another quality a quality win with an SEC t- and a team top fifteen I think at the time. So kind of crazy and surreal. Um, Uh, for those first two games. And then the next two games to be honest are just different opponents that I don't think anyone expected to see get that far deep. But again, these first two opponents were teams that people I think had going at least a little bit further than we, we made them go.
0: Also, little known fact, Tennessee fans on Twitter are the meanest fans on Twitter of the whole run <laughs> of Missouri Valley. And I'm going to guess for A10 as well. They were horrible, <laughs> just like yelling at Sister Jean. Like, oh, man. Oh, I, I yeah. But they didn't hold back. I bet they didn't oh, hold
2: back. That was, yeah, <laughs> yeah no.
4: It, it was a little, again, that's when Sister Jean, like the fandom came and everything, press conference, her own press conference. You got what? Uh, Barkley and Shaq saying, "Oh, this woman's amazing." So, again, it's a little bit different. And we'll, we talked about it with even our conference not liking us anymore because we're getting that notoriety. So,
2: it's not fun to hear. You know, mm-hmm. like the. The bad things that are said about you sometimes, especially sister Jean. I mean, she's a hundred years old. She can't help it. She's, yeah. you know, she's she doesn't she is, have a but... cell phone. So I don't know. Like <laughs> she, she wasn't, wasn't tweeting anything things. out herself. So, yeah, it's not like she's got <laughs> some tweets that are you know problematic from back in the day. Like, <laughs> yeah, she's, a, from 20s. she's a religious person. Like uh, uh, at this point, are you guys like, are you guys thinking team of destiny, or Are you just enjoying the run still? that's it's the I think so. it's the
4: opponents for me that dictate that we could do it. Um yeah. just because it's like Nevada, where did Nevada come out? And then I was shocked to learn. I learned a lot about Nevada just because of their being a seven seed. And I was like I got
2: the Ooh. Martin twins. Yeah, mm-hmm. well that's mm-hmm.
4: the thing and we, again, we were not prone to being great with height. So that's the concern right. there, right? Um so that that game if we get into it, um that game was more of like, I think it was just the school name. You're like, I've never heard of Nevada. I'm, yeah, never, right. I'm from the East coast. I go to school. Like who is Nevada? We can win. We can beat them. Um, then the only thing that was going on in my head, that's mountain West. Um, So it was like, Oh crap. We just lost to Boise this earlier this year or they played, but like, could we beat them? I don't know. So I think the, the biggest question was what type of play we were going to have. Um, and then I, I, Andrew, I'll just start. Like we were pretty much relying on our guards Because they were just going to use the martin twins and i think caleb yeah caleb went for 21. jordan caroline who i think has a yeah he has a history in the valley (laughs) he played at southern illinois but then left he Mm -hmm. owned up for 19 but really it was just those three guys that's it um and but the concern was again they were all the big guys caroline was six seven so it was like okay can we guard anyone taller than six seven then we're gonna win um but i think the biggest thing for me was guard play Right. Not only were the shots, but everyone was clay had a great game from field goal. Marcus had a great game. And so, um, and then Andre had a great game. So it's like the kind of the small, the, the shooting guards were the ones who I think got it for us. Um, just because of where they were being smart and selective with their shots.
0: Yeah, at this point, I, I thought this was it, like, we're gonna, um, keep winning. Like, I, I did think at this point, like, okay, team of destiny, like, we got this. Um, seven seed like that doesn't usually happen in the Sweet 16. the Seven, eleven. I I don't know how many times it's happened, but I'm guessing not many. Um, and yeah, I just kind of thought like, okay, w- we've shown our stuff. Uh, we're hot, right? We've won uh, at this point. I think like 10 in a row, maybe or something like that, dating back maybe more than that, maybe 13 or 14. Um, and yeah, I just felt I felt pretty good about the team. Uh, I actually thought I was like, oh, we got we got a big guy, Krutwig, and they don't really have like that good of a big guy. We're just gonna take advantage of that and and show them you know how to pound them down low and all that kind of stuff and play inside out. And it's really funny. that didn't happen at all. Crut uh, actually, um one of the the smartest um, uh, strategy or I don't know scheme you could say, he didn't he started the game and then at halftime, they, they didn't have him come and start the second half. I, I I forget. It was one of the assistant coaches. It was either Drew or Brian Mullins, who's now the head coach at SIU, but told uh, Porter, hey, let's, we got to change this up. They're killing us. Um, and it was true that we, because we switched a lot on defense. Cam would get switched on a Martin twin or one of their guards. And it just easy shot, right? Either a three or, or take it to the hoop. So um, that was one of the things that I'll remember from this game. Like, Basketball-wise, was that just really ballsy move to to take your freshman phenom who was so important to this offense and say, okay, guards, it's it's in your the balls in your hands now. Like you gotta we gotta beat them, like Thomas said, with our guards. So um, uh, also just like another little side note, uh, up to this point and for all of our games in March Madness, we had a different leading scorer. Um, the first game uh, was Andre. Second game was oh now I'm drawing a blank uh no it was Dante then Andre this game's Marcus and one game was Clay um but oh, no, Ben oh and then yeah well, yeah you're right but different yeah, scores and none of them were Cameron Crutwick he had his March Madness glory in the next tournament um but <laughs> uh but yeah it was just like different guy different night. Um and again, you know, Marcus hits the shot in this game, uh, not a buzzer beater, not necessarily a game winner. They were up one when he hits his his three-pointer uh in the corner. Brilliant pump fake, sidestep, drained it. Um, that was a lot of fun to watch. And uh his reaction is 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 probably one of the best from the, the tournament. So yeah, a lot of fun.
4: Yeah, I think um biggest thing is just we went to the small play and that's what it was, and it's it's one of those that's like can we do it these guys are ta- towers they're brothers they know each other and again people joked clay and ben or brothers they know each other so can we have that whole sync and it was more i think again it's the whole story of this tournaments for us is like okay it's a new guy stepping up new guy and again it, to be honest with you, it's helpful i think because then maybe they're putting their best defender on someone else and it opens up so i think that's what it really set up was that the scouting reports like okay hey we're gonna guard this guy like, and we'll talk about it. I don't think anyone was guarding Ben in the Kansas State game because I don't think anyone had thought of Ben Richardson, and I'm fairly thankful for that. But, again, it was more, I think, the opportunity to take those shots and be open really helped us a lot um, because they knew we were probably going to go to Clay, we're going to go to uh, Andre. So really interesting, I think, set up to have Marcus be the guy. And, again, be confident taking shots, I think. You- you've seen two guys now hit other shots. And, again, like Andrew said, this wasn't a buzzer beater, but it took a nice deep breath in mice my health and I kind of could breathe a little sigh of relief to calm it down to say, it's
2: another, uh, I mean, it's another close game. It's another heart attack inducing last 30 seconds.
4: Well, it was a, if, if I recall, um, we had like, it was like 20, I think we were up, it was like 20 something, 20 something in the first half. Right. But then we both scored, I think like 44 and forty. like Nevada beat us in the second half in points. So it, but it was a, just an onslaught of offense. It was, I think both teams in the forties. So it was just a quick pace. So to get that shot to go in, it was like, oh, I can kind of sit down and breathe because you were just on your toes, you're swearing, okay, because one missed shot, one stop would kind of, I think, change the course of like who had the momentum. So it was one of those that it was like, were we ever going to get a break? And again, no, not in this game. The next game, we'll talk about that break. But again, this game was just really interesting. And again, it set up the career for a former coach and also set up a little rivalry. Um, We actually ended up playing Nevada. That November, one of the worst games I had to watch in front of my family. Um, that they were like, "Oh, let's watch Loyola." They're on like primetime and CBS, and we got crushed by Nevada. So it was an interesting little rivalry that spun up for six months. But again, uh, very interesting how the game ended, and again, very very happy the way it did. Absolutely.
0: So my my story for this this uh, game, I was at this bar called Bar sixty three. Um, which is used to be Hamilton's uh, in Chicago, the bigger of the two Loyola sports bars uh, around campus and um, big for like fraternity events, sorority events, all that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so I was there for that game, um, packed really close to campus, but kind of the random cool thing, uh, they had the uh, Bud Light was their sponsor and they had the Dilly Dilly guy. I don't even remember his (coughs) name. Like, the, the captain. The night dilly, yeah. Yeah. The night, the, yeah, the, the
3: Bud Light Knight, I think, is what it was. Yeah,
0: he showed up, and everyone just, like, lost their shit. Like, it was so <laughs> random. It was, like, it was, like, the president walked in or, like, you know, I don't know, like, like Shaq walked in or something to that effect. Kobe Bryant, whatever. <laughs> and uh, handing out free stuff, handing out free beers. Like, but there was nowhere to walk either. It was just, like, so ridiculous. And I had a moment I was like, I can't believe this is my life right now. Like, what is going on? I just wanna watch this basketball game. Um, But yeah, just super, super silly. Um, Obviously they won. And then after they won, like we were a block from campus. So it had felt like we poured out onto the street um, and it felt like it, it was very similar feeling to when the Cubs won the World Series where you walk out of the bar and the streets are just full. It wasn't full, but there's hundreds of students just like walking around, Walk through campus, everyone's going nuts. Um, I didn't have that same effect or, or um, experience for the other games, uh, just because the first one when I was on campus, it was the first one, so no one knew what to do. But with this one, we'd already went two in a row and uh, walking around campus was just like, it was surreal. It felt like walking around Wrigleyville like when the Cubs won the World Series. It yeah. was much smaller.
4: I think a good comparison to link back to is our first conference game at UNI you had maybe four or five of us and two of us that are on this right now were those five people who were watching the UNI game but yet now a Nevada game which I'm blessed and happy for you pan the CBS camera and it's a massive student column just filled of maroon and gold scarves and it's just like what a difference a few weeks from early March to now (laughs) end of March and it's like what a few weeks can change the even the atmosphere of the team so it was definitely a crazy thing, but a great thing to see. Absolutely,
3: yeah. And I think some of that's. Not, I mean, you you win three games by a combined four points. So like, just not not only are you winning, but there's just excitement involved with the wins. Everyone stays until the last second, too. Like yeah, no one's, uh, yeah. Everyone's
4: out. yeah. Yeah, I think in the beginning you're like, oh, it's a great game, even if we lose, right? And then, then when we start winning, I'm like, no, I can't do this. Like, I want to blow it <laughs> out, right? So, like, we're a little selfish yeah. in that point. But it, but no matter what, they were like, oh, this is a great game. Loyola we'll played a great game. They'll they'll write up a great review about us, right? Um, but then when you start winning, you're like, no, no, we 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 know we can maybe put up a few more points. So, um, so yeah, it's an interesting one. And again, the next game is the outlier of them all. I think weird weird situation, but um absolutely a, a sire relief um when we started next now again in the elite eight um, uh, we play um kansas state and what a what an interesting squad uh, a fun tidbit right so this is the first game we had more than we had double digit win still also we hadn't dunked once in the tournament i think that was a fun thing i don't, fun, really, fun. Did we? I don't think we ended up dunking at all you know yeah, no. now we can't go a game without a hero trying to dunk a game but um <laughs> so it, it, it's a different team but um this game, to be honest, you like Andrew said, we have a different guy wanting to score. And it's Ben Richardson, who every year before I would have told you, yeah, he's a he's a good three point shooter. Absolutely. But because of the injury and the rotation move around, he didn't really, he wasn't that three point guy all the time, right? He wasn't at least mi- taking a whole bunch of shots. He would make some, right? <laughs> um, like I'd still be okay with him making them or taking them. But he was um he was one of those guys that is like, wow, I'm so happy to see him go off, and especially senior year. And then funny enough, he's from Kansas city. Like I, I, I talked to, them. it was like, did it mean something? It was like, I think it meant more that they're going to the final four, but again, a dip different atmosphere. I think it was weird at like five, six minutes left. I had people say, we're going to the final four. And I was like, everyone shut up. Like, I don't no. care what you're saying. Like, just please be quiet. Um, <laughs> and that one, I wait lot, for
0: me. don't talk to me. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> that was the thing. I knew a
4: lot more people that went to Atlanta than any others. Again, that Atlanta was the one, especially this Kansas State game, I knew a lot more people that went and that wanted to go than any other time. And it was weird because Loyola, then you get to the nicer hotels, maybe more security, especially Sister Jean started having her own bodyguards. Um, We got a shout out, Hitcho was a Loyola Director of Athletics or, or Operations Athletics. He was her guard, but she had her own private security at one point, so the notoriety started getting behind. She was an international superstar. The team people started knowing. Um, people started knowing about our 1963 team, the team of change, game of change. Um, so a lot of things started coming out, and it was one of those like this win. Then again, you had the TNT crew like we're gonna go hang out with Sister Jean because it was like you started hearing people. So um, this game really, what to talk about is just the the three point shooting. Again, there's no there's no. Again, Ben Richardson shooting 85% from three. It's just <laughs> – wish we could have that every game. So that's kind of a nice way. Puts up 23 points. But, um, again, um, again, they had – Kansas State had guys. Um, I've watched Kansas State just because they recruit Chicago quite a bit. They have former SIU coaches, and there's a coach on the staff that coached our former assistant. So there's some relationship there. But, again, it's, it's an interesting game. Uh, the biggest thing for me is Ben, even though shooting six threes puts – four assists up, right? So like, there was just ball movement was great. And it was also, he was getting wide open and finding shots. And so that was the thing of this, I think the summary of this game for me was just people were finding their shots, four of six, four of eight, guys were just making shots and smart shots. Again, 57% for field goal, I think just sums it up for me. Um, And like the biggest thing also is that they were under 35%. So our, our defense in that sense kind of kept them. It's weird to see a team score 62 and we not score 63. So I think that was weird that our defense then opened up the offense. Cause I think what kept us in it so far was our defense. Yes. We made shots, but we were known as the defensive team. We were we've been then labeled since then as the mid major who can defend really, really well. So, so what Kansas state, we win by 16. So it's just like um, it's, it's kind of just like unbelievable. Um, I, I, Andrew, I'd love to hear what you think besides defense, or unless there's a, a again, a, a note that you can think of.
0: Well, for me, it was obviously Ben Richardson, but he had a four point play in this game. That was just like unreal. Right. Uh, it was the highlight for me. Um, but yeah, just to like really, um, belabor the point, Ben Richardson was not a scorer like at all. Like I, 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 I don't know for sure, but in this season, I would be shocked if he had like, six double-digit scoring games. Um, he just, like, really didn't. That wasn't his calling card. He didn't shoot a lot of shots. He played really tough defense. And if he was wide open for three or had a layup, then he'd take it. Um, but this is, like, one of those times where it's just – it really is the guy – like, his best game of his whole career. And I've listened to podcasts with him on it, and he says the same thing. He's like, I don't know what got into me. I think they're – like, I was just – um uh, Cameron Cartwig has a podcast, and he had Ben Richardson on, like, a couple weeks ago. And there's, they had this laugh. He's like, I, I can't believe I hit a three, like three minutes into the game, and I did a double pistol celebration. He's like, I've never done that in my whole life. We're up seven to six, <laughs> and I have, I'm like, I have the audacity to like do this right in front of Kansas State's bench. Like it's just, it was one of those games you're just playing out of your mind. Um, but yeah, for that game, I was at a bar uh, called Replay in Chicago uh, with just like a few friends, and I have a similar experience where. Like, they're all like, oh, you're up 15 with whatever, you know, five minutes left. And I was like, no, like it's not over. There's no way it's not going to be this close just because we were so used to like these close games. And finally, I think with a few minutes left, you know, some of the bench guys get in and it's like, okay, like I can, I can eat my food now. I haven't even been able to eat anything. So it was just, it was finally a game where you felt good, like celebrating a little early. Um. Another image of just having some of the bench guys come in, uh, some of the walk-ons get in there and celebrate the win. One of the guys we haven't mentioned, his name's Christian Negron. He's a he was a Chicago kid. He got recruited. He he was almost a four-star recruit, and then he like shattered his leg in high school, or something really horrible. And I, I, he had offers from some Power Six teams, and they took all of his offers off, off the table. And Loyola did offer him at the beginning, and they stayed with him. Um, he never really. Caught on, he ended up transferring to Grand Valley State University uh, D2 school um, and has had an awesome career there, but he got on the court and he's the one that has a huge knee brace on and he he really couldn't play. Like he was dressing because they had the spot for him, um, but just really cool moment for him, um, especially as like a Chicago area guy uh, for him to get his you know two seconds or two minutes of fame or whatever, or whatever it was. Well, yeah, even then
4: a, a note there, like that game was so it's weird right there's no way to put it that we had bench guys and walk on get in the nick nick Denardi is a walk on he'll he'll call some games and he's a friend of mine um throughout loyola going to class together but he got in for a minute i didn't even care and then so like to see him and then carson shanks so like yes a scholarship player but carson shank was a was a transfer super senior i think he had like a red shirt uh, year right and i really do think i don't think porter's ever t- really talked about it but he was mainly meant to be the practice guy for Cam. Cam was—he he was seven feet tall. He comes from North Dakota State. He was the guy Cam was going to practice up against, right? Cam needed to get stronger, bigger. But Carson Shanks got to go in. So to see these guys get in, you're like, "Well, this is a this is a weird sight to see." And they're the ones who are hugging each other on the court. And I'm like, "I'm so happy." Uh, Porter's hugging guys on the way out, thinking that they're—and I'm like, "This is weird, right?" Um, so um, one of those games that just. You're happy to see it again. Mainly seven guys are the guys that put up, and then the rest are guys kind of getting those late, late minutes. So happy overall, but um, this game is is the toughest one that sets up the next one, right? So you, you, you this is the game that clinches the final four. You you cut down nets and everything. You get a plaque, and then you're like, well, wow, we won a game by more than ten points. Well, that's that's something new for us. Um, and then in my head, before that, I was like, oh, we're, we're playing a team that won on a buzzer beater themselves, so we can do it. So this game sets up a lot of emotional things. But again, just to go to the final four, you can say we're the fourth best team or top four teams in the country, I think mean more than anything a lot as, as well for a tournament game, right? Each tournament game was luck, right? Or best of luck. And then now this game was like, oh no, we're we're here. We
2: we made a statement. This game was a statement game, kind of thing. So, it kind of like going back to the Kansas State game. I mean, it's also interesting how they got to that point too, right? They, I mean, their nine seed, nine eight game, whatever. If they won, they, you know, you're slated to play. I think that Virginia was the number one team in the country yep. at that time. Sure. This is the, you know, sixteen one, the UMBC, uh, Labradors game where they upset yeah. them. So, you know, Kansas state had that coming at them in the 2nd round. Not that it was a cakewalk, but, you know, that gets them to the sweet 16 kind of scotch free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they took down Kentucky, which is a nice win. But, you know, they kind of got lucky as well. So. You know, just you guys also kind of stars kind of aligned for you in in good ways in terms of. matchups and seedings and then interesting to see how everything fell into place for for you guys.
0: I mean, yeah, either one of those teams, Virginia or Kentucky, would have been immensely harder matchup for us. Just yeah. the athleticism. Virginia played a very similar style to us, except better, you know, at least throughout the regular season. So it would have been a really, really difficult draw for us either way. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Tom said, like, you know, it was, it's this game does set up a lot of the emotional stuff. Like we got a whole week off which is awesome. So much media coverage, you know, your Chicago, there wasn't really too much else going on. There's football's over baseball's barely starting up, you know, spring, uh, spring training. I mean, there's, you know, uh, the NBA, I guess, I think, are they still, yeah, they're yeah. still going, but bowls are bad. Um, so it was just like, that was the thing. And it was such, it was just an incredible story, right? Like, these, these guys who are all genuinely, like, I believe, great people. Um, I would tell you if I thought one of the people were, were bad people. But everyone, you know, you got hometown guys. Um, you got small-town guys in, in Ben Richardson and Clayton Custer coming from Kansas. Um, you got transfers. You have uh, people that were just kind of, like, forgotten about, like I mentioned with Christian DeGrom, but also Lucas Williamson. Um, and then the, the dude in the middle, Crutwick, who's just this big goofball who looks – either 40 years old or 19. I can't tell. Um, and it, it's just like this fun um, accumulation of guys who who end up putting it together. And obviously at the top, you got Porter and, and Sister Jean who just represent the university so well. So it was just this excellent story to go along with the awesome play on the court. Um, it really just set it up for like a perfect storm um, as far as like playing in Chicago and, and getting that sort of coverage. And people who like, and then again, we'll set up like we knew we were playing Michigan. Everyone's like,
4: "Oh, I know Michigan. I don't know anything about Loyola. I know everything about Michigan. I didn't even go to Michigan, but I just know Michigan." We're Midwest. We know Michigan. Someone came up to me like, "Oh, you you know Michigan's fight songs?" Like, I'm not from the Midwest. I'm from New York. Like, no, I don't. I'm sorry. I know Loyola's because I go there. I wouldn't expect you don't even know what our mascot is. It's a Rambler. It, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, we know Michigan. We just don't know anything about Loyola." I'm like, "Okay, that's that's cool." Um. So and then. Hopefully now we're known as the Loyola, even though there's like eight other ones of us. So uh, we don't have to get confused. Though side note, we did have our graphic get switched out for Loyola, uh, Maryland, and again yeah, instead of ours. Not ESPN. Yeah. ESPN still hates us, but it's okay. Um, but yeah, no, this national attention was, I think, huge lifting. Um, and then it just, again, helped national coverage of the team.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess time to talk about the game, huh?
4: The game of all fears, yes. So, um, <laughs>
0: yeah, it was... It was bittersweet
4: right so like you get down to final four and final four has so much coverage on these four teams you see again like i said we just that year we had an actual media like film director kind of department head to work at marketing so he you see all our tweets now about the behind the scenes of us doing the cbs with jim nance and everything like that we do the whole promos and everything and you have random actors and actresses wearing our scarves and you're like I don't think they have ever seen this color mashup before in their lives. But, um, again, it was really cool to see that. Um, and so that, that again, what, tenfold. I think that they come out with a whole bunch of statistics at the end. Like Loyola made, what, I think nearly 15 years worth of free revenue or whatever advertising for the school and all that. So I think that's a bonus for the school. Um, this team definitely, I think, benefits from guys going to the Final Four. So there's a lot of like benefits there leading up. And then it gets to the game, right? Um, I think the the biggest point to start off was Andre Jackson injured the entire game. Um, That's a debate or just a question we've had um, just because it is relevant and pretty, pretty. If you watch the game, you can see Andre's favoring his leg. um, And I don't think Andre wanted to come out. It's his last game. Probably It, it is his last game ever in college. If they lose, it won't be his last game if they win um so really tough to see that um but Marcus overall, got hurt Marcus
0: Towns got hurt as well yeah. like middle of the second half um so was just, those are yeah so seasons.
4: those are those are little things there but again it was just I think to be quite frank it's that we had a freshman big guy play one of his absolute best games that you could have played your freshman year uh he puts up 17 points against uh the eventual runner-ups right but um the biggest thing is we go up against a a guy who's roughly the same size and a little bit bigger, right? Maybe in um, Mo Wagner and he just is a little bit more skilled, right? So that's just what it is. And he puts up 24 points on us. Really. There wasn't a bucket. He wasn't really missing. Again. He was what 70, yeah. 77% from two 42 from three. Like he was just smart with his shots and he knew where he was comfortable with. So I think that was the toughest thing. And again, Cam hadn't been in those many situations yet. It was, it was the fact of like, can we get, cam ready. And again, yeah, you have a week, but you don't, you haven't had those games against a big guy who's big 10. What he, I think he might've been big 10 player of the year. I don't know, but um, yeah, again, an interesting team in themselves, Michigan, right? Michigan hit a buzzer beater to even make it out of the first or second round themselves. So again, a team that I think people had going pretty well, but I think Mo Wagner really just really elevated this team um they were three seed, so kudos to them. But we beat a three seed. So I was like, we could do it. We can do it. And again, we were up at half. That's the biggest, that's the biggest then question mark, right? Loyola was up seven at half. Uh, we're
0: five with nine minutes to go.
4: Yeah. So oh. I, I think I've said to Andrew, and I'd love to hear his take, it's like seven points for us throughout that whole tournament was a big lead because we were only <laughs> one by one, two, or three. So um, but Andrew, like you said, uh, I think the second half is just a different story.
1: It's just
0: yeah, I mean, I was watching this one with my family, so whenever people ask why they lost, it's because I was finally watching a game with my family. Not at bar. Uh, yes, that's right. Right, exactly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought they were going to win. Like, I, like even going to the second half, like, like Tom said, like, up at half, up five with uh, nine minutes left. And you know, I thought, okay, like Mo Wagner, like he's he had his time, like he's gonna start missing, right? Or or Duncan, Duncan Robinson, right? He's on that team, yeah. Yep. Like yeah. Yeah. I thought for sure, like oh, he's gonna go cold or something, and or our defense is gonna step up and and make plays like they've made all year, and it just it just didn't happen. We just ran out of gas, honestly. I think um, a little outclassed, a little outsized, better athletes for sure. Um, I mean, this team, what? How many NBA players do they have? At least three, right? Uh, yeah,
4: Mo, uh, Jordan Poole, and Duncan all in the NBA and doing uh, quite well for themselves. So, yeah. shit dudes, yeah. And I mean, so. Yeah, was... I think that's, that's, I love that point. I think that nearly sums up the second half is that when you Andre kind of gets in and then Marcus, it's kind of that, that the, the tank got empty. I think that's it. I don't, I don't think it's like, oh, Cinderella, the clock struck 12. I really don't think it's that. I think it's just you had guys tired and injured. And like well, Andrew even said that at the beginning on, and we've talked about rotation. What was our depth, right? Who we were gonna put out there, um, and those one of those things that it was like like Andre only played 15 minutes. That's not usually he played 25 plus coming off the bench. So it's one of those that it's like I really do think they some of those guys had the stanimal, had the athleticism to really stay in it. Um, and they they were a team that went down to the last seconds themselves. So they they weren't they weren't afraid. I think to really go get down the last seconds. Um, Do I think somewhat Mo Wagner got away with a few things because he's a big guy? Yeah, but again, we'd want the same thing for us. So it's one of those things that it's like you look at it and you're like, damn, wouldn't it have been nice, right? Wouldn't have been this. But again, it also is like, yeah, I I think that one of the toughest thing is that we beat a three seed and you're like, oh, that three seed means nothing right now. It's final four. We're we're all tied for fourth right now, right? We'll figure out who's the number one team after these games. So um, I think that's it. I, I think even our defense was it was pretty solid. We held them from 42% from field goal, even though Mo Wagner decided to put 62%. So, again, maybe holding one other player to a little bit lower would not great. But besides him and Charles Matthews, they really didn't do too much damage. But, again, one player in the NCAA tournament I think can do enough damage and hit, put up a highlight tape that can really affect your season. And then, again, I think the toughest thing out of that not only was the game, but seeing just – Sister Jean, I don't know why they placed her. I'll be frank; they placed her right when the players were going out. And I think just your emotions are so high, you just lost. And again, maybe maybe guys thought they were gonna win it. Maybe guys were just happy. But like she's standing there, and I'm like, I think Sister Jean's all of us right now because we don't know how to react. Set? Are we just awfully joyful that we even got here? But again, that's that's the end of the season. But it's one of those things that's like, ah, what if, right? What if, um, what if Michigan doesn't hit their buzzer beater? What if we miss? All our buzzer beaters. Like, there's a lot of what ifs. I think it's just like, oh, we're grateful that we made it. Uh, really crazy that it's a whole new team the next year so that this team is really the team that won it. I don't think there's one player that really got us there. Um, from the amount of seniors on this team, to me, this def- was the definition of mid majors having seniority really helps you in, in yeah. the
0: tournament. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, just, it, it, I mean, there's no other way to say it, right? It sucked.
0: Like, the game sucks. Um, Like, the feeling's after. Um, You know, it's it's just just a tough way to lose. Uh, You think you're in it, you think you're going to win. And um, uh, even, like, 12 points, like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, it was way closer than that. Um, uh, But, yeah, it just, it was uh, a fitting end, I think, to the story, too, um, where you got to learn about all these guys who, uh, you know, have played their whole careers, right, just, like, trying to, just because they love basketball, right? They're not—they're not top recruits. They're not—they're um, not going to these huge schools, um, and they come to this this no-name uh, school at the time, um, and they—they they work their asses off for years, uh, and they—they they, you know train hard, and, and they get to a place where they're capable of doing this sort of thing. Like, it takes a lot to go right, but they worked so hard to get to this spot, and. Um, it just felt good because you felt like you knew these guys. We, I mean, I, Tom actually knew some of them. I know none of them. Uh, but it felt like I knew them. I, I saw them around campus. Um, you know, I would, I, I was always nervous to talk. Lucas Williamson had a class like went in where one of my, I was like a foreign language class. And we would, he would follow me uh, as I'm leaving into the classroom. I was always so nervous. I was like, never wanted to talk to him. <laughs> these rock stars. And don't eventually trip, I was like, trip, don't, don't trip. trip, don't trip. Right, exactly. <laughs> this, you know. So eventually I was like, Hey, man, like, good game. And he's like, oh, thanks, man. And that's it. Like, that was the (laughs) interaction. Um, But, yeah, it's just, like, you feel like you know these guys. And so it hurts extra bad when you see Ben Richardson clutching his jersey up to his face, crying in the shoulder of Clayton Custer. Like, that's one of the images, right, that, like, you see. Um, Or, uh, like, Dante just sitting on the bench, like, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to go. Um, So it it was a, a tough end, but I think a fitting end to just, like, an awesome um awesome story for everyone to enjoy right so
4: one of the stories I'll say overall there was a point in one of the hotels that a Loyola fan a student asked for a photo of a few of the players and asked Clayton Custer to take the photo cuz she didn't realize he was on the team um so like again it's one of those things that this game didn't bring us like like back to like the humble state or whatever like we were already humble but it's like the the game kind of set up a whole bunch of things where people actually knew who players were and you're excited. I think there's always the clip Cam beats his chest after an and one, and that clip will probably live in my head, maybe right underneath the, my birth and my children, but it's one of those things you're like, oh my God, this guy could be amazing. And he is amazing. He was amazing for Loyola. Uh, so the team goes to like United Center gets recognized by the Blackhawks that gets recognized by the Bulls. Uh, we don't have a parade. Sorry, we didn't win anything. So you don't get a parade. The river didn't get dyed maroon or gold or whatever, but right, uh, it is maroon. And yeah. when the color. Cubs won, it was finally blue, which is the weird thing to think about, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, then, like, true. things happen where you, players, uh, C- Porter starts getting looked at but um, by other schools, and then Porter makes the biggest announcement nearly of his career, at the level of, like, I'm staying, right? Like, okay, I'm coming back. Um, and so it was one of those weird moments, but, like, you didn't see, like, we didn't get five stars. We didn't even get four stars, right? But I think our name got recognized, right? Um, One of the worst parts is that no one wants to play you. No one wants to touch you at a 10 foot pole later on the reaction from everyone else though, is great in the city. Um, And I think um, it's one of those things that this season it's like, yeah, it sets up Porter is eye candy now for schools. Right. I said, and I'll s- state this to my grave. I can ask Andrew, you can ask my other close friends. I said, this game, this season would get Loyola to the A-10. I really said it. I was like, be, granted now, side note, our AD used to work in A-10, he w- well used to be in, like, I think I think he was one of the assistant ADs at St. Bonnie's, he knows the A-10 uh, commissioner, so there's connections there that I can't control, but we fit the gel, we're a Jesuit school, how many Jesuit schools are in the A-10, pretty much almost all of them, um, if you're not Catholic, but um, the thing is, like, that sets up so much. And this season is the pivoting point. I think of the rebirth of like Loyola in the twenty, like 2015s and everything. Maybe the 2020s, because like we hadn't been anything since the 80s. I've heard so many stories about how good Loyola basketball was in the 80s, consistently making the tournament. And I was like, yeah, but what happened in the 90s and the early 2000s? And what, like, what happened? Right. So um, I think it set up our fan base nearly. Uh, right. But um, it's something that I think Andrew and I also being students actually there
3: uh, imprinted us a lot.
0: It, it, it's been fun to be a Loyola Ramblers
3: fan for the past <laughs> few years now. This is exactly what you want from something. You don't want to just be one and done. Like, hey, made a Final Four. Oh yeah, you guys are that team that went to the Final Four that one time, right? Oh, that was that must have been cool. But Did you mean, mean like,
2: like George Mason? Con-
3: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, you <laughs> yeah. want to continue to ride that momentum and you know improve on it, which is what you're doing. So we'll get you out of here on this. We got Porter Moser. And we'll say we'll say J J Wright, arm mm-hmm. um, wrestling matchup, who's winning?
1: <laughs> oh man, that's a. What's the height on J Wright? Isn't J Wright taller? than <laughs> <as laughs>
0: a... Looking up
3: his stats.
1: Just <laughs> <laughs> need to know his height because
0: Porter's not. How old is is J? Jay... They're probably about the same age too, right? I think they're they're about the same 50. age. 50. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Porter's here's the out.
0: thing. I think Porter would spend way too much time like strategizing about it and like <laughs> drawing up plays and and hyping himself up. That he'd just go out there and he get he get destroyed. Um, I I, mean, I don't know, but I, that's just he. That's the kind of guy he was. Like he was always mm-hmm. like six layer chats, trying to think about how he can win despite being an underdog. So. Maybe you think in that way. I think
4: Jay Wright takes it just cuz he has a championship. That's what it is. I think- <laughs> <laughs> he, he knows what it takes to go all the way. So, I think that's what it is. But again, Porter Porter's done some things. He's a scrappy guy. He's from, I guess he's I don't, know, I don't know where Jay writes from, but yeah. If
0: you put Drew Valentine in there, Drew's winning. He's beating both guys for sure, our current head coach. He'll, <laughs> He'll have to
4: take out. off his sneakers, though, first, though. That's yeah. The- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: But, yeah. But, hey, no, actually, though, if
4: Sister Jean says the prayer beforehand, Ooh, orders, cool, though, that's, that's, that's the thing. That's- <laughs> wow, Even they're, they're both Catholic schools, and it's I think Sister Jean gets the upper hand there. <laughs> yeah, the hurricane's name is Ditka.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep, yep. There you go.
1: There you have it. That is the story. And these are the college basketball stories. Is it 100% accurate? Yeah, that sounds right. Follow us on Twitter at the CBB stories. Also see all of our inebriated storytelling podcasts as part of the stories podcast network at the stories pods on Twitter as our guests rewrite the past across various sports. Alcoholic drinks are consumed voluntarily by our guests at their own discretion. Please drink responsibly.
0: Um, so yeah, our podcast is uh, on Twitter at podcast 63. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, it's 63 because that's when we won the national championship. Um, but yeah, we just talk about uh, Blair's basketball. Um, we've been talking about Missouri Valley basketball, but now I'm sure we'll be talking more about A10 A- basketball. Um, we do try to do stuff throughout the whole year. Um, you know, there's some downtimes in there, but we love talking recruiting. Uh, we love obviously talking about the games on the court, and um, if there's any other big stories in college basketball, we often tell you our opinions about them, whether they matter or not. So um, it's just uh, the two of us on the podcast. I'm Buck, and he's Lou. And uh, for now, it's weekly content until um, probably the, the middle of summer when stuff starts dying down. So check us out. Follow us on Twitter or uh, Instagram. Um, but yeah, Podcast 63. All right. All right, go ahead. Sorry. You go. You go, you go, okay. go. We like to give shit to Evanston fans because they—they're called Chicago's Big Ten team. It's like mm-hmm. in the fucking history of the world. <laughs> You're not in Chicago. Yeah, it's right. it's, they're my bane. They—they.
4: I don't like Illinois, but in Northwestern's the bane of my existence. Yeah, so. agreed. <laughs> so
3: they—they they are not yeah. Chicago. So no. Cool. And it's they
1: awesome.
0: won't play us. They like—they refuse to play us ever.
3: Oh, cool. Awesome. Um.
2: Right. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday.
3: You as well. Love you.
1: Goodbye. Ah, oh, damn
2: it. I'll be there